Car Chats with Tess, Kat and Sean acknowledges the traditional custodians of the Kulin Nations, whose land on which we record and air our content. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. You're listening to Car Chats with Tess, Kat and Sean. The radio show where we talk about all things taboo and relevant to you. Catch us at radiomonash.org every Tuesday at 4. And welcome to Car Chats with Tess, Kat and Sean. My name's Tess. I'm Kat. And I'm Sean. And on today's show, we will be celebrating some influential and inspirational women in honour of Mother's Day. Then we'll be doing a part two to our discussion about friendship breakups from last week, focusing on situations where you simply grow or drift apart and then rebuilding friendships after a break. But first, Kat and Sean, how's your week been? been good we were just discussing before Mm. how it's starting to get a bit busy with uni everything's coming up all the assessment tasks are coming um so it's a bit of a crazy crazy time but good it is crazy good stuff it It is also the weather's getting terrible and i can't help but feel sad about it i know (laughs) i'm sad it gets dark so quick now um but new with me i got some new tats recently (gasps) yes oh my gosh i haven't seen oh nice Nice. What's um, that one? It oh. says power. So just to give you a little rundown, I got we three love. tattoos recently. I got a power in a really cool font on my wrist. I also got a um, rose in honor of my aunt. She's still alive. A few people have been like, oh, she passed away. I'm like, no, she's still alive. And then I've got one on my ankle of a sea turtle just in memory of um, Seychelles and of the days where Amazing. I could just go for a swim with some turtles. Oh, so cute. That is beautiful. Um, do you want to shout out the, the yeah. tattooist? Um, yeah, to? shout out to Melatat. Um, she did a really good job. She's a bit slow. She takes her time. <laughs> um, and she charges me for that extra time, but whatever. Um, she's really good for like doing like dainty or like fine tattoos okay. and stuff. And yeah, nice. um, I'm, it's just funny because the turtle one that I have on my ankle, I kind of like drew, drew out the bubbles and stuff. And I thought she'd do her own little like pizzazz and like, you know, make it look a bit nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, she tattooed exactly what I gave her oh, straight onto my leg, um, which is fine. No, <laughs> I was I was like, no, I was hoping I was hoping that there'd be a bit of pizzazz. Oh, um, but now to more... like give the idea and then exactly. they put their own spin on it. Exactly. Yeah, but okay. um, but now I'm kind of like vibing it because I'm like, I drew that like half of that is me. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I so love I'm the really, power one. I kept looking at I'm it. Really it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't think of doing it on the on the knuckles. P-O-W-E-R It would have fit I mean yes But I would do When I go into social work And mental oh, health okay, So you know fair, I don't fair, know fair. I don't know How that's going to Present itself In those situations um, But yeah That's just a little Update on my week Which one was the most painful? The turtle on my ankle It okay. was like I was getting hot Like I was sweating I was yeah, like really? I sweat Like it was cold In the oh room But God. I was sweating Like literally How I was long? like Airing my bed <laughs> How long did it take? Um, Probably like For all of 45 them. Okay. Five minutes. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Not, that's not too bad. Good. Oh, um, so exciting! But every time she would take off the needle and then put it back on like the turtle one on my ankle, it yeah. would hurt again. Oh. Like you'd get used to the pain, right. and then she'd like stop and then right. bring it back. But yeah. totally worth it. And I want to get like a few more now. So. I have an ankle tattoo too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tattoo too. Tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> and I, because I got a rib tattoo and an ankle tattoo on the mm-hmm. same day. The ankle tattoo hurt so much more. It does. But really? it was, it's it was right still so manageable. Mm. But it yeah. just, I expected the rib to hurt more. Yeah, you'd think so. But the rib was fine. It was like a massage. Oh, oh that's fair. You do, that's you would nice. have a bit more like, not fat, but fat <laughs> around your rib than you would around your ankle, I, I suppose. True. I guess, and there wasn't any colouring in on my rib. It was just text. Yeah. yeah Whereas... Okay. I just have a panda, a stupid panda on my ankle, and that yeah. has colouring in. Ta- 
I mean, tat. <laughs> Kat, would you get a tattoo? I would, but I haven't, like, it's not something that's always on my mind. Like, yeah. I have to get this tattoo. You don't have to get it. Like, I would. Yeah. Get a car chats tattoo. Oh, true. That'd be cool. The logo. <gasps> Oh all guys. our names. Oh my God. I get a signature of all oh your God, names yeah. and then just put it on my body. I think I might just have to. <laughs> I think it could be a good publicity You've stunt won me for over. us. I'm doing it. <laughs> um, anyways, I did not have an exciting week like you, Sean. <laughs> I wish I did. But I bought, well, my mum bought a kettle <laughs> and a jaffle maker. <laughs> That's really fun to use. And a what maker? A jaffle maker. What is a jaffle? Oh my God. It's like, like hot a, sandwich. It's hot like sandwich, a sealed but sandwich, it's sealed. right? Yum. Not a toasty. Oh, you mean no, the ones where... it's a sealed toasty. It's a creasy oh, one and it's, it's crunchy. Is that what you guys call it? Yeah. Isn't it just a, a sandwich maker? Ma- yeah, but <laughs> a sandwich press is different to a jaffle maker. So, no. like, the oozy cheese is enveloped within oh, bread because because the, the edges are sealed. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. Well, it's brilliant. So, this is my idea of a sandwich maker. Yeah, which, that's what it is. is. Oh, yeah. okay. In Seychelles, we just call them a sandwich maker. Well, yeah, but now I think there's just too many options here. Fair call. So, Fair anyways, call. I got that and then a kettle. And the kettle has yeah. temperatures on it, so you can choose how hot you want your water. It, that's um, amazing. <laughs> no. It's smeg. Smeg. Oh, okay, cool. It's, it looks like a rocket ship. That's what um, my rocket. friend has one of those because she was like, yeah, different teas have different brewing. Exactly. Yeah. And it, they can, do. it can keep the, the water at a certain temperature. So yes. you need to like finish up something yes. before you come back. It keeps exactly. it at temperature. Exactly. Because I have, like, I would always have boiling water water and then add cold water and it's just so annoying yeah. anyways yeah my dad is a is a, a tea snob in the nicest yeah. way and he has so many loose leaf teas and on the, the on the tin <laughs> yeah. he has them in all these tins and on the tin he has written what temperature it needs to oh, be yeah. and for how long you brew it okay and how much tea you put in a teapot yeah, to make right. like the perfect brew and it does really make a difference yeah. Yeah. like i love my tea and he gave me this tea um this daji ling tea which is amazing but when mm. i have it it just tastes like regular black tea when yeah. he brews it the proper way oh, it is so different and yeah. i didn't realize wow. that I, I thought he was just actually being a snob yeah but no it really makes a difference yeah it does wow. absolutely how was your week tess uh i literally don't even know what happened this week <laughs> it, i was saying to cat and sean before the show started this mm. has been like my hell week at uni yeah, yeah. Like, like week that. weeks nine and ten it's just assessments on assessments on assessments. Mm. It's when they're all due. And <laughs> I have no idea what I did. Although, I have one story. I made a boo-boo on Saturday. Mm. I went to bed at like 4.30 thinking I'd have a nap. Mm. I'd wake up for dinner and then I'd do some more study or whatever. Mm. No, I woke up at <laughs> 9.30. Amazing. And then I woke up and I was like, what? Now I can't go to bed. No, she had a nap till 9.30 Oh, (laughs) sorry. I was thinking 9.30 a.m. 4.30 to 9.30. Yeah, okay. And then I had work the next morning at 9 a.m. Do you not set like a countdown for when you have a nap? Yeah, I do. I always set a countdown. I set an alarm. I'm a heavy sleeper. I set my alarm. Whoops. Anyways, I sometimes, (laughs) I sometimes accidentally as well will snooze and then go back to sleep and be like, who touched my phone? It was me. (laughs) Classic. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, on to our news updates for the week. Firstly, sad news. Corona outbreak in Sydney. Um, restrictions to remain in place until May 17th. And also, just recently, a Victorian man Has, tested positive yeah. with coronavirus. Uh, After what was it, like 75 days with yeah. no, no community transmissions? Yeah. yeah. Scary. Very frustrating. But I also have a lot of faith in our ability to contain outbreaks. Yeah, so, I think so. I think so. We're in well, a, still a promising position compared to everyone yeah. else. Let's yeah. keep that in perspective. Just yep. need to stay vigilant. And if you're going to, to like Chadson or something, like put on a mask. If yeah. you're going to like a market or anything like that, like I did that on the weekend and I felt so much safer. Like yeah. just do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Fair enough. Helps. Get back into those old habits. Exactly. Secondly, Christine Holgate appointed CEO of Parcel Business Global Express, which is a direct rival of Australian Post. So I love this so Never much. Been, right? Go, Christine. Right? Iconic. Never yeah, been. amazing. I'm enough so said. Great. Honestly, enough said. Yeah. Um, on to other news, entertainment news, Hollywood Foreign Press Association, the HFPA, which is the body behind the Golden Globes, <laughs> being the subject of sustained criticism over its lack of diversity, um, like no black people among the 87 members, and for accepting gifts from prospective nominees. Um, Netflix and Amazon both have cut ties with the organization this week, um, with a quote saying, we are stopping any activities with the organization until more meaningful changes are made. I reckon that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. you know, a big production company like netflix and amazon as well like making a statement that's really good really and i find it strange that there's 87 members and you're telling me there's not one black member on there um and we've got actors mark ruffalo and scarlett johansson as well who have come out and um expressed their uh what's the opposite of support frustration yeah frustration and just like yeah just frustration with 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 the hfpa yeah and their lack of support for Mm. it um and then Chinese satellite crash landed in the Indian Ocean near the Maldives. Is this from the rocket launch? Yes, it is. So basically what happened is there was a rocket launch recently and the launcher basically didn't manage to like go out of orbit like further into space. Oh, okay. So therefore it was caught in the Earth's orbit yeah. and basically it wasn't a, oh. like a countdown into where it was going to oh land. They had gosh. no control over it, which is insane. That is crazy. Um, and basically could have crashed anywhere between mm. like like – longitudinally on the like between New Zealand and what's called oh. New York and New Zealand like basically oh that, God, that, that is a huge space exactly huge so space. anywhere along there so amazing oh news God. that it's crash landed in the ocean yeah um, if it hit like a land mass as well I'm pretty sure the repercussions would be different because you know the water absorbs that yes. momentum whereas yes. if yes. it hit like say I don't know even like the desert yeah. who knows what could happen like we haven't had anything yeah. that big crash land to the earth yeah, exactly. in quite some Scary time yeah. I know back in China as well they have tried to suppress births in Xinjiang is that yeah, how you say I think so. Um, so if you don't know um, authorities have been forcing women to get IUDs or other contraceptive procedures um basically to like ethnically clean the population um which is under obviously communist parties um repressive campaign um Mm. so if women don't they are um they could be fined or they can put into be put into detention to yeah i guess suppress yugo communities yeah yeah yeah, so that they're a um, uh, an, uh, an ethnic, ethnic minority, minority yeah. in China, and it's really, just really disappointing. And nothing's happening. Like, mm. at, you it's, know, oh, it's just really terrible. And no Western, I guess, as Sean mentioned yeah. before the show, no Western Countries support have put any sanctions, no. have made any statements in regards they to just it, let or it comments. Um, yeah, which but is... I also saw news this week. Sorry, I didn't actually put this into our news yeah. update, but I wanted to touch on quickly. But um, Australian defence, I don't know, someone who has a lot of authority <laughs> in terms of Australian defence, I can't remember who, um, came out and says that a war with China is looking really likely. Yes, I've read that. ASIO said yeah. something, didn't they? Yeah. So As maybe well? it's... Yeah. Ooh, I am so sorry. <laughs> gone off. Um, on to our win and wacky. <laughs> <laughs> which is our favourite new segment where we give you one kind of bizarre headline. Yeah. And just roll with it. All right, Sean. 
Um, my one is a little bit funny. So ravens have been accused of stealing groceries from an Alaska Costco customer. <laughs> from, not from the Costco itself, from a customer. So apparently they know what they're doing and it's not their first time when customers said. So they basically wait around until customers come out of the shop with their groceries and they swoop down and steal groceries, oh steal bread. God. They've stolen fruit. Wow. You know what? I... Totally. I mean, these animals are evolving. They mm. know where the food is and they're going for <laughs> they it. They do. There's a documentary about <laughs> animals um, and insects and stuff mm. living in cities and yeah. how they actually like adapt to yeah, city life. Absolutely. Like, it's I, so fascinating. So many times, like in the city, I'm like, I see birds and all that. I'm like, why would you want to be here? Like, you can mm. live in a like serene rainforest somewhere mm. and be enjoying yourself. But then I'm like, think about how many food scraps, bins, yes. just all yeah, around, right? and, stuff, and it makes yeah. sense. But yeah. anyways, that's it for me this week. Mine is a bit of a weird one. Mine's farmer accidentally moves <laughs> France's border, and there could be ramifications. Oh, the one in Belgium. Hey. In Belgium. Belgium, he was tractoring and he moved it. Basically, the stone that kind of like signifies it's a stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. signifies like the, the border. border. Belgium he moved it. France. Was he just not aware that it was the border? I don't think so. He probably was just like, oh, rocking my way. Like, <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> stuff to do. How yeah. funny. Whoops. So bizarre. What kind of ramifications How are we bizarre. talking about? Um, Any idea? I did not read that. I read the headline. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up after the show. Uh, mine is also really weird. Mine's actually from Lad Bible. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, we love. Elon Musk's response after a couple filmed themselves having sex in Tesla. And basically, <laughs> basically, this couple filmed themselves. They put the car in autopilot and okay. they filmed themselves having sex in a Tesla okay. while it was driving. Um, and Elon Musk tweeted, turns out there's more ways to use autopilot than we imagine. And then Pornhub tweeted back, my bad. And then Elon Musk responded, should have seen it coming, dot, dot, dot. Oh, Wow, so punny. I know. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, after the break, we're going to be chatting about influential women and why they mean so much to us in light of Mother's Day last Sunday. You're listening to Car Chats with Tess, Kat and Sean. Beautiful work there, Tess. Welcome back. You are listening to Car Chats with Tess, Kat and Sean. Um, we're obviously a feminist podcast and we do spend a lot of time discussing and impacting a lot of issues and injustices surrounding women. However, we decided to switch things up a little bit and go a little bit on the upbeat and positive, just in honour of Mother's Day to celebrate some of the incredible women and influential women that have had such an impact on their community and people all over the world. Um, Kat, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, I found this... Okay, I'm not going to lie. Tess and I both actually found this quite difficult. Not so much that we didn't have anyone that spoke to us or anything but i guess it was just hard to pinpoint one yeah female inspirational person i don't know yeah yeah but i chose emma watson and though i really wanted to find someone underrated who isn't really out there and i wanted to you know shout out them i thought emma watson only because um i really appreciate and admire her incredible work and efforts for he for she which is a un initiative to reach gender equality um and she's been you know promoting and advocating for gender equality around the world in Mm. like education and health and all of that sort of stuff um i guess yeah that's probably why they're mostly influential the reason more so why i chose her was because i got involved with the monash he for she club in second year so it was probably first year or even year 12 where i was um, that I knew about he for she that I 
learnt more about it. Um, and then I thought, oh, yeah, I'll join the club. And the club was run by a girl from high school. So it was really good to learn more about it and see what we could do at a community level as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the events that we could run and all that. So I just think, yeah, Emma Watson, she's so admirable. Admirable? Admirable. Admirable. Is the best admirable. Word. admirable. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> um, and, yeah, her passions, I guess, her passion... Um, is so clear the way she carries herself as well i feel like she's one of those people that quietly does the work that she does yeah she uses her fame for like situations where you need to but i think it's the best like when we have those discussions about you know celebrities talking Mm. about politics you know it's not their place or is it their place to use their platform i think she does it really well she's definitely diverted her her fame into Mm. advocacy um And I'm just like thinking back also, on it now. Also, she's like highly, sorry for interrupting, like no. educated herself and made yes. sure yes. that she's at the forefront. Like, you know, I mean, she's constantly trying to like, you know, um, ex- what's it called? Yeah, educate herself. Yeah. And, you know, learn more and do better and, you know, engage the community. And, and participate in exactly. those conversations. Because I guess, yeah, as a celebrity, you don't have to do any of those yeah. things. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. And like, I'm just thinking back on it now. Her speech that she did at the UN years ago it would have been 2015 or 2014 i, I just realized i don't know why i'm thinking of this now but it, it just makes sense to me this was when the first time i heard about emma watson's like efforts to yeah. for gender equality and everything is yeah. when she did that speech and i used a sn- <laughs> this is so lame but i used a snippet of that speech yeah. for my vc dance <laughs> like that's um, iconic yeah. so like i used it because you had to express a story and my yeah. story was like a woman being um like a like a fifties housewife, and she couldn't really escape her life. Yeah. Wait, that is was, iconic. And I just used her her speech like at the start, over, and I yeah. just re- like I can I, re- I can't recite it now, but well, I do. I, remember. I remember that speech as well, and I remember I used to do tutoring at uh, the school called Edu Kingdom. Yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and in one of our English classes, I think this was when I was like year nine or ten or something, and this speech came out. Yeah. We analyzed it. Um, you know how in year eleven and twelve you have what's it called text analysis yeah is that language what, analysis, is, oh, language yeah, analysis. Yeah. that's the language one analysis. we we used that speech we used a transcript mm. of that speech right and did a language analysis oh, on it. and that was the first time i did language analysis there yeah. you go i awesome. know there you go but i just remember like the the one quote i remember from that speech was like you might think i'm just some silly harry potter girl oh yes oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was yeah it's just like she's so She's articulate as well. She is. She is. And she expresses what she needs to express really simply, Mm. but really just so well. And she's so humble. She is very humble. She's really humble. Mm. Yeah. Which I really, really like about her. Yeah. Like uh, quite personable, in my opinion, Mm. and relatable. I think the other thing as well that I absolutely adore from her is her standing up against um, J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Yes. Oh, Um, yeah, true. Kind of like standing up for, because I don't know if you listeners know but jk rowling expressed a few basically like transphobic sentiments um on twitter and emma watson basically stood up being like you know offering i guess a bit of a counter argument and you know telling people that to be aware of like how they use their power and and their platform yes and i think she didn't directly address jk rowling but you could basically read between the lines and i Mm. think for her to come out um and yeah just come out with that it's just very very bold very brave yeah and and yeah especially when it is jk rowling's world and creation that gave emma that platform in the first place so for her to be like no yeah you know to actually maintain some sense of moral um 
Like integrity. Yeah, integrity yeah. is just mm. really, really yeah. um, admirable and yeah. to be commended. Absolutely. Yeah. Tess, yours? My person. Also, I was trying to think of someone low-key, <laughs> someone more local, and then I was like, who's an iconic figure that I look up to and who's an iconic mum? Because I wanted to celebrate a mum this Mother's Day. Yeah. Jacinda Ardern. Yay. Someone I had to say. fucking love yeah. that woman. <laughs> Let me ding that bell. I don't know where our swear bell is. Oh, but, so. There you go. If you have been living under a rock, mm-hmm. Jacinda Ardern is currently serving her second term as New Zealand's Prime Minister after winning the most recent election with a landslide number mm. of votes. And some reasons why she's influential and mm-hmm. inspirational is she is New Zealand's youngest ever female Prime Minister. In 2018, she became the second world leader to give birth whilst in office. And later that year, she gave a speech at a Nelson Mandela Peace Summit with three-month-old baby Neve in mm. her lap. Yeah. So cute. So cute. Yeah. I'm sorry, running a country while giving birth and then raising a newborn Yeah. just seems like the most amazing ability to multitask. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I don't think I've heard, like, one bad thing about Jacinda. Mm. No. Um, and I just, I just find her compassion very yeah. honourable as well. Well, the thing is, I just think she is the most wonderful example of a leader that we have in this modern day. Yeah. Yes. And like she she really, really roots for solidarity. Mm. And like I'm a human rights major. So mm. like I think that like, for example, her handling of those um, Christchurch mm. shootings is just so masterful. Yeah. And yeah. like she faced this white supremacist attack on New Zealand's Muslim mm. community um, yeah. with social cohesion and solidarity. And yeah. she initiated... So much com- compassion yeah, as well. She initiated this healing process yeah. and just, just demonstrated so much empathy and so much yeah. understanding. I was going to say, there is this general narrative um, between, like, you know, white attacks and versus ethnic attacks. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when, like, there's a white terrorist, the media and politicians kind of refuse to acknowledge that it yeah. is, you know, an act of terrorism. Yeah. And she was like, nah, this she is... She was kind of the first one to be like, this is... Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. wrong. Exactly. And this is a white person. And I think yeah. Wrong. yeah. And and the the like super quick turnover of New Zealand's firearm laws. Yeah. That like within days. Yeah. Absolutely. Within days they were amended yeah. and gone. Mm. Yeah. And like that is just one example of how effectively she responds to challenging exactly. events like exactly the coronavirus so. pandemic, oh, yeah. the earthquake. Yeah. yeah, like she has and just actually think about it. She's been through a lot. Like yeah. she's managed to like keep her head on her shoulders through yeah. quite a lot. Like New Zealand's gone through a fair bit the last couple of months, yeah. and years, yeah. and all that. Absolutely. And she also does a lot to acknowledge um, Maori traditions and yes. culture. Yes. And I think I absolutely adore that because yeah. it's, Me too. it's just so so refreshing to um not even refreshing it's just nice it is yeah. nice. to see that she she respects and recognizes well, them and she's and really them and too, celebrates yeah. them too i was gonna say that was one of the stark contrasts like obviously having moved to australia obviously knew about like an indigenous population but i didn't realize how prominent the indigenous population was mm-hmm. until in later years and i was like okay this is just the way things are but then you go to new zealand and you see the the meshing of both cultures yeah, rather exactly. than one eradicating the like, other exactly. there's so much tradition language and culture that has just survived and mm-hmm. i think it's so great that obviously white new zealanders take part in you know the maori yeah. performances yeah. and language i think yeah, that's I incredible and like that's how they ex- learn exchanges I absolutely should be a culture agree. and like 
thinking back to my education, it was incredibly whitewashed. Mm. Mm. Incredibly Absolutely. whitewashed. Yeah. And like I like I went to New Zealand in when was it? The end of twenty seventeen. Yeah. And it was just the most wonderful, wonderful experience yeah. to see how well yeah. um New Zealand celebrates that yeah. Maori culture. Um I just think going back to Jacinda Ardern, she is just authentic i think that's like one way to put it like Mm -hmm. she seems to actually mean what she's saying and i think that's so rare in a national leader well the thing is she uses facts like i've I've watched a few of her speeches and she doesn't say oh i've you know lowered home homelessness rates she gives you the figures before and after and she listens to expert advice Mm. and acts on it yeah smart lady and i also one last point to add yeah she embraces diversity yeah. which I really love. Yeah. Um, and she has more gay and gender neutral people in her parliament than anywhere else in the world. Yeah, that's beautiful. It is. Well, she celebrates diversity, mm. as you should. The fact that, <laughs> well, you know, your govern- your body of government should be a representation of the people, then that yep. makes a lot more sense. Yeah. You know what right? I mean? The fact that our parliament is mostly, you know, men doesn't make a lot of sense to me, to be honest. Yeah, very frustrating. Yeah. I that's just think she's story. kicking goals <laughs> and... I just think she's a really, really wonderful inspiration for women all over the world. Yeah, I think so too. And, and men, just like as a leader, just a wonderful yeah, person. for sure. Alrighty, Sean, over to um, you. Well, a little bit off a language, I guess. Um, so the person that I chose, just to give you some context, <laughs> yeah. is Marsha P. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, so Marsha P. Johnson is a trans rights activist and she played a big role um, in the Stonewall riots. Basically, she was part of the first three that threw basically a brick through Stonewall Inn. Um, The reason I say the language thing is because she was a gay man and then transitioned. And I feel like towards the end, identified as they, them. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to use they, them for the rest of the discussion just to make things easier. No worries. Um, But she does have feminine energy. Not me saying I'm going to use they, them, and then I say she. (laughs) Identifies more as femme than masculine, basically, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So um, a little bit of context she keep doing it it's okay you know what okay so the p marsha p johnson stands for pay it no mind a phrase that they use when people commented negatively on their appearance and life choices which i think is very sassy and i relate with yeah um i just feel like the start of their life as an african-american gay man and a drag artist um they had a massive what's it called obstacle basically in overcoming a lot of a lot of obstacles and basically just pushed past that and had such an impact in terms of what we have today um as pride Mm. pride started off Mm. from the stormwall riots and something that i've been realizing a lot more recently as well is we don't have a lot of queer black representation in history in the media in movies and fiction and all that and that's why i focused on Marsha p johnson um a really awesome thing as well is after the Stonewall riots, she <laughs> had a continued impact on the community. And during that time, even after the riots, it was really common for young gay and trans men to be kicked out of their family homes by parents. And they, as well as a good friend, Sylvia Rivera, who was also an activist, founded STAR, basically street, STAR short for Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, um, which was an organization to support trans individuals who had been left homeless. Mm-hmm. And much of her life was basically dedicated to helping others despite suffering lots of mental health issues, backlash. Um, and yeah, I just think she, I just think they're a great person. 
I agree. Yeah. A really selfless person. Absolutely. And I think just goes a little bit unnoticed. I feel like Pride today has a lot of impact and it's really great to see all of that. But I feel like the original, what started off Pride originally has been lost a little bit I think so too. in terms of culture and tradition yeah. and honoring the you know the members that started kick started off. I also anyway. think acknowledging the 70, 78 is the first Mardi Gras in Australia. The ones that started Mardi Gras, they were met with so many riots or well, mm-hmm. police riots, mm-hmm. I guess, police attacking them when they first started the Mardi Gras yeah. parade. And you'll see them at Mardi Gras parades now that they've got their you know banner and everything going on and yeah. i think it i think just gay history in general yeah is important yeah. and we're not ta- like it's not talked no. about in schools mm-hmm. it's not really talked about that much and yes we have a long way to go and we yeah. have we have reached a point where we've we're much better than we were but yeah. we still have a long way to go yeah. yeah, and another thing as well, I feel like a lot of civil rights movements, um, like, you know, the Rosa Parks situation where someone of, you know, darker skin and, you know, in an unsavoury situation was removed in favour of someone else that looked mm. better to the public eye. Mm-hmm. I feel like the same thing has happened here in this scenario because they're not mentioned that often and I feel like doesn't get they don't get enough credit. Um, and really sad, though, is that they went missing in 1992 and their body was found by police six days later. So I think it goes to show that despite the impact that she had on the community, um, she was still met with backlash. She still undergo basically, I reckon one of the worst times for LGBT folk of that time, especially as a trans black LGBT member. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's really heartbreaking. And like that, you know, despite everything that Marsha had accomplished. Yeah. Like they had so much to be proud of, but that didn't take away from the pain Mm. of that backlash. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And you know, that loneliness and that desperation. Yeah. And my sadness is the violence, the violence from the start up until, you know, their life was taken away. Yeah. And the other thing as well is facing backlash, not just from police officers Mm. and, you know, but also from racists and individuals, you know, people in their own communities like black people who obviously saw um transgenderism yeah exactly so it was kind of like like people who know what marginalization isolation basically at its purest Um, and they're Mm. like exploiting it really Mm. but yes apologies again for stepping up (laughs) they them that's okay i'm learning i'm struggling everyone's learning yeah i think that's important exactly um thank you so much guys wonderful wonderful examples of Um, women and people that we find just really inspiring and we would love to hear from you guys please let us know on instagram on facebook like send us a message who do you look up to yeah and you know and why Mm. why Mm. why are they an inspiration to you absolutely um after the break we're going to be switching gears entirely and doing a part two to our episode on friendship breakups last week's ep you know that we chatted about friendship breakups the signs of them how they differ from romantic relationships and strategies that you could use to overcome or move on from them but now in this episode we're going to talk about drifting and rebuilding broken friendships because honestly it does happen you may drift or Mm. you may realize that you still want that person in your life after some time apart 
Now, I've got a quote, first Google search from bustle.com. <laughs> it often starts off unconsciously, but friendships where we don't keep up with each other will be susceptible to drifting apart. Now, this can happen when we move or change jobs, even if we swear we want to stay in, ch- in touch, or it can happen when we feel squeezed in a too busy schedule. So obviously we know, and we've discussed this in last week's episode, that People are always changing and it's natural to drift. Things might happen. Mm -hmm. You may commit to something else. You may get into a relationship. You might get into You might get a new job. You may move countries. There's so many reasons why you may drift. And I think for us at our age, maybe the first signs of drifting would have been from high school to university. Absolutely. I mean, after high school, whatever you chose to do, Mm -hmm. I think... For me, and I'm sure you guys too, a lot of people, you know, you'd say, oh, yeah, we're going to stay in touch. We're so Mm going to do this. And I remember just quickly, I was in my year 12 art class and the girls on our table, we became really close and we were like, yeah, you know, we're going to go to the Olympics, the Tokyo Olympics. We said that to each other. We're like, yeah, we're going to go to Tokyo Olympics. It's going to happen. And then my teacher was like, you girls are not going to be friends. You wow. girls aren't going to go to the Tokyo Olympics. And we're like, shut up. Like, why would you say that? Why would your teacher I know. say that? He was just like saying, don't make don't make these plans. Honestly, you don't know what's going to happen. the truth or not, why do that to kids? Right? <laughs> Let them live. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that harsh. And I get where I got where he was coming yeah. from. And he was a bit of a jokester. But he, he was just like. salty. No, no, no. <laughs> he, was, he just realistically said, you girls may not be friends yeah. by then. It's yeah. a while away. Yeah. And. I don't speak to any of those girls anymore. Yeah. I don't think they all, like (laughs) none of us do. The thing with high school, right, is that you're friends because it's easy. You're friends because you're in the same place every day. You're friends because you have to be friends. You also... You're thrust into this situation. Mm. But when it actually comes to your interests and, you know, like, okay, so like after leaving high school... Mm. you you realize whose company you actually enjoy and whose company you actually want to seek out Mm -hmm. and a lot of the time that's not actually the friends you thought and i think as well oh oh, sorry i was just gonna say that the other thing as well is that you have way more in common as a 16 year old and 18 year old than you do after that you're you know what i mean you have the same hours in your day you do the same things but those are like for me those were the only things i had in common with some of my high school friends in that when we left i realized oh our interests uh, like don't actually align at yeah. all really and you were confined to maybe a strict you may have like if you were at a strict school or not but mm-hmm. you're confined to those set mm. of ideals and like values and all of that so you were with people who may have had those ideals or values or beliefs yeah. because they were in that environment or their parents because we're kids at that point right so we just kind of follow what our yep. parents say but once we turn 18 and we're our own like we're an adult things change and you yeah. experience new things and you realize what the world is all about and you meet mm-hmm. so many other people so it's completely natural um, but Sean what are some of the signs that you can tell when you're growing apart from a friend um well a few things like you said, unconsciously, you might not really notice these um, all at first, but spending less time together, um, whether that's because you haven't really put aside the time or whether you just don't have as much time as you used to and, you know, also not reaching out. Um, also, having more negative than positive um, interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have felt this, but a lot of times I've, you know, felt that I'm hanging out with someone, but a lot of times I leave it feeling a little bit less positive than I used to, feeling a bit more weighed down or feeling mm. a bit more upset. Um, if you feel like you're having to hold certain things back as well, 
um, that you can't bring things up, you mm-hmm. can't have conversations mm-hmm. about certain things and you can't really 100% be yourself. That's yeah. not a sign. Feeling a disconnect between yourself and your friend. I've definitely felt that. And sometimes it's not even just in terms of like opinions, just lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. I just can't relate Definite. to you anymore. Definitely. Um, I have so many high school friends and I'm just like, I don't even know how we used to be like right? friends and hang out because yeah. we're just so such different people. Not that that's a bad thing or anything mm. like that. Um, feeling tense when you're around them. That is also one that I can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and your life becomes a little bit more important than the actual friendship. Like, you know what I mean? You prioritize. Yeah. Um, and also harboring feelings instead of communicating with them. I feel like that also is quite relatable to holding back. And oh. it goes goes to our last show about communication and mm-hmm. how, you know, you're expected to communicate it communicate with um, your partner but when it comes to friendships it's not so much. But I think that comes down to you realising that communicating your feelings is probably not worth it mm. and, and I think realising that you know if you're spending less time with this person if you're not talking to them as much if you're not reaching out um, but being okay with that, mm. I think realising that you're okay with mm-hmm. not seeing them as much is yeah. a really good sign. Do you think that makes not you a, a bad person? No, not at all. Okay. I'd, I would hope not. I think there's also those other sort of friendships where you may be really close to that person, but you never see them. Oh, my And God, then yes. you see them like three months later and you have so much to catch up on and everything's totally normal. I feel like that's... Can I just say that I feel different. like that's an adult friendship? Yes. That's yeah. a mature adult friendship. I have so many of those True. friendships. I think it's just because you're supporting them. In The support is... There. is is there because you're just letting them live their life yeah. exactly. without being a constant pressure on them. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Making them, yeah. Could you imagine feeling guilty every week when you haven't been able to make some time for someone oh, on top of yeah, everything literally. else on your plate? Mm. It's it's immense. exhausting. People need to realise yeah. that everyone's going to be changing. We're not in high school. Yeah. We're not in, you know, even in university or when you get a full-time job, things change, man. Like priorities yeah. change and having... Friendships like you did in high school yeah. aren't going to stay the same. You should expect the, um, them to be. Yeah. I was going to say, I actually had a really good read recently in terms of communication. Um, basically, sometimes you can communicate as much as you want, but if the comprehension isn't there to understand mm-hmm. where you're coming from, to somebody show you, oh no, Kat, you mentioned empathy before. And it all comes down to that. And I think one of the breakdowns I've had in terms of friends is not being able to communicate because I knew no matter how hard I communicated mm. or tried to explain things, it would never be taken on board yeah. or yeah. you know, there'd be no accountability in terms of, okay, cool, there's this thing that I'm doing that isn't quite sitting right with you. Nah, nothing like that. It'd just be like, well, you didn't do this soon mm, enough. You yeah. should have said this earlier. Mm. Basically all the reasons why everything that you're saying and is it, just, you know. And at some point it, you're, you just get tired. Oh, 100%. And, and you can't continue communicating the yeah. same things over and over again if they're mm-hmm. not absorbed yeah. in the way yeah. that like you want them to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like reflecting upon my friendships that I developed in high school, we see each other still maybe once a year. Yeah. And it's actually a really, really beautiful experience. Because yeah. whilst we don't really keep up throughout the year, we catch up and it's like yeah. we reflect and it's mm. kind of like nothing's changed. Mm. You know, we just have that one night where it's like we're back in high school. Exactly. And it's the only time when you've become friends with all these other people who you didn't go to high school yeah. with. As you said, you, you get back together with those high school people and you can chat about high school. Yeah. You can chat about your experiences that you've had yeah. and yeah. The gossip about it. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? And, and you know? whilst I wouldn't say that some of these girls are my close friends anymore, yeah. I definitely wouldn't. I see them once a year. Yeah. yeah. But I still value 
value that time we have Absolutely. together and I value the memories that we've shared yeah. together. Yeah. And so I, I appreciate what that friendship has become. Yeah. yeah. Um, in that I know that we're not going to be close friends because our interests are so different and yeah. we're such yeah. different people. But I, I really value what we do have. Yeah. You know? I'm just thinking now I'm reflecting on my yeah. friendships. But in terms of what we were saying about drifting and um, I guess is it okay to be if it's one-sided for instance yeah if you feel like you're drifting from that person are you the one that's drifting you're probably like if you're drifting (laughs) yeah and that uh, that other person still expects you to be there all the time Mm. who's kind of in the wrong is it the person is it the drifter who hasn't communicated that they want to drift away or should it be that expectation not expectation but that in intuition i guess from mm. the other person thinking yeah. okay this person's trying to lay back i'm just gonna back off as well i, I like, think there are responsibilities on both sides in yeah. that like if you have certain expectations yeah. you know if you have high expectations mm-hmm. in a friendship if you require a lot of time yeah. and a lot of attention mm. yeah i think for anyone you consider a close friend that needs to be communicated to yeah them. yeah and if you're drifting and if you're busy, I think if you have a close friendship, you owe it to that friend to be like, look, I can't spend that this much time yeah. with you. Yeah. I actually have two like very similar examples. Um, in one, I have a friend from high school who we used to hang out and spend lots of time together. Um, and more recently, I guess, with like moving out and all that, I haven't been able to provide him as much time as I used to. Mm. He also doesn't drive. So that's another, you know, that's mm. another dilemma. And I had a notice, but I had kind of been drifting but not because i didn't see the friendship going anywhere but because i just didn't have the time yeah you were busy. and, and i kept saying i was busy i was busy i was busy but yeah. then we actually caught up and had a very good conversation and i basically you know it was a very positive mature conversation in terms of him expressing that hey you're drifting are we good like what's the go and being like it's literally not you yeah. i just have so much on my plate and me driving half an hour to pick you up and half an hour to drop you off is an it's hour of my day that i don't really have yeah because i have no time to myself kind of mm. thing yeah. and i just thought that was you know communicate i don't think either of us were in the wrong in that mm. situation because we both have different commitments and all that but i think we both communicated mm. whereas i have a different example whereby i constantly am like hey it's not you it's me i'm Mm. busy hey i'm so sorry but i can't do this week hey sorry like once every two weeks is all i can do kind of thing Mm. and it was still kind of like that's not enough like oh you're in a relationship now it's fine and i'm like well you know what i mean it was Mm. like that's that's when i kind of realized the difference and Mm. i kind of could you know compare the two in terms of i'm like we've had two similar conversations both times i'm expressing how busy i am how overwhelmed i'm feeling and all that and one party was took that on board yeah yeah Yeah. was understanding and the other party was just like well that's not really good enough i just feel like you're not making the effort as much anymore you get what i'm saying yes absolutely it's funny you bring up relationships because i was just about to say i see this happen so often and i'm guilty of it myself when someone gets into a relationship Mm. they desert their friends essentially (laughs) this is something that is actually quite interesting which we didn't plan on talking about Mm. but it's so important yeah Yeah. i think there's definitely that fine line where obviously when you get into a relationship you need to make time for that relationship otherwise it's not gonna work but it's all about that balance of still maintaining those friendships Mm -hmm. and not deserting them as you said Mm -hmm. um for that person yeah Yeah. and maintaining that balance i don't think it's fair for french friends to expect everything to stay the same yeah because it's mm-hmm. not you've yeah. got someone in your life who yeah. needs attention well, absolutely and that's okay you're 100%. made to feel guilty that there are some changes 
but it's natural. Like, <laughs> it is and natural. also no, the other yeah. thing is, I reckon it's different when that person is in a friendship group or they're not. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Those expectations change, or say they run yeah. in the same circles even, and it's a complete random. Yeah. That no one knows. Yeah. yeah. Different. <laughs> We're it's going true with this. though. No, <laughs> no but no, it's no. true. If yeah. we think about it, just I'm generalizing here. Yeah. It changes the game because say if you're dating someone who's who's always around in the friendship in group. the friendship group, you're gonna see them all the yeah. time and you're incorporating your friends and the relationship together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it's if it's like separated, no, then yeah. you have to do one thing with that person and then the other with the yeah. other person. Exactly. I absolutely so that's the agree with you in yeah. that. I think you need, like, obviously you're in a relationship, you have to dedicate time to that yeah. and your friends need to be understanding of that. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also don't think it's reasonable. Like, I've had friends who get into a relationship, I haven't spoken to them mm-hmm. in a the year, they call me up and they're like, hey, my boyfriend just stopped yeah. me. And it's like yeah. so disappointing. You just come to me when, when you need, need me. me. Yeah. But you're not there for any of yeah. the rest yeah. of it. I guess so. But, I mean, I think in, like probably a couple of years ago, one of my friends who got married recently, mm-hmm. um, he kind of did a similar thing in terms of he kind of like got into a relationship that was taking up a lot of energy and time, but it also was doing a lot of things. He was training for like the like Winter Olympics. He was doing his oh, wow. stuff online. Wow. He was working. He lived out of home, had a relationship. And I was like, I understand your mm. list of priorities. Mm. I'm not up there because you're setting up your life. That's got like a settling down. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Exactly. And, but the thing is, I think at the time it took me a while to come around to it. But mm. now we have a really good friendship in terms of like, hey, if you're free, I'd love to see yeah. you. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so exciting to have someone reach out and be like, yeah. hey, I'd love to see you this week and all that. Instead of me back then, I was like, so like, oh, this man's like deserted me. Like this one. Yeah. But I'm like, you just don't have the time. Exactly. And I think that's totally fair in terms of priorities, because mm. at the end of the day, I just want friends that want me to be happy. Exactly. Want me to mm. do the best that I possibly can. Yeah. Not people that feel like I owe them something. Does Absolutely. I, I think the kind of friend you want is someone who you can feel comfortable coming to just whenever with anything. You, like yeah. with anything. Yeah. But it doesn't like you don't you don't have to speak to them every yeah. day and it doesn't change exactly. anything. Exactly. I think there's so much pressure. Imagine having to message like five, six hundred yeah. people a day being like, hey, how's it going? And hey, like, how's it's it going? Too just much. To, yeah. no, no, no. Especially in a world where we <laughs> no. I, I so think <laughs> I think we like like in this modern age, right? Yeah. We conflate busyness yeah. with success. So yeah. everyone's striving to do as many things mm, as possible exactly. yeah. and I, like everyone's really busy absolutely i just yeah. want to say as well i feel like now you know at our age everyone's as i said we're getting full-time jobs we're doing things we're starting i don't think we're settling down yeah i no. refuse to believe that at the, at the mere age of 22 <laughs> yeah literally but <laughs> what i'm trying to say is that friends that have come say from high school and are still in that high school mentality will not understand or be able to maturely understand when things like what you said Sean about your friend how those friendships happen if you cannot understand that this person is going into a full-time job they're moving out of home they're doing this they're doing that they're still studying or whatever it is you need to be there for that person because otherwise you are going to be upset and disappointed for the rest of your life if you think it's supposed to be like a high school friendship forever yeah Yeah. it's a disappointment sister boom i think we need to end on that (laughs) i know oh we were supposed to okay we'll jump in quickly about rebuilding a broken friendship oh yeah i've just got some steps okay amazing but they're they're very quick so first of all i think you need to ask yourself is it worth repairing Mm -hmm. and that involves addressing what went wrong in the first place absolutely so and then make meaningful contact and Mm -hmm. open the doors to reconciliation and that does not involve like being accusatory 
Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, yeah. like when you reach out, you can't reach out and be like, "We have a problem. We need to talk." You need to be like, "Hey, like, are you free? Like, yes. I'm open to having a discussion with you." Yeah. Yeah. Um, forgive. That depends on what went wrong. Mm-hmm. If it's just a drift, I don't, you know, yeah, no need yeah. to forgive that. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's circumstantial. Um, but then have a discussion that addresses the problem. Mm-hmm. So find out what went wrong so that you can avoid repeating the problem. And then rebuild respect is a final step, which yeah, takes time. For sure. Have you guys had friendships that you've rebuilt or come back to? Like you had that drift or broken that friendship and then a few years later you I'd were friends again? Selfishly, my friendship with the mate that I was just mentioning before, I feel like I got to a point where I was just like, mm, not prioritizing you, you're not a close friend, you're not putting enough time and effort with me. Um, so I guess that like he started off by reaching out being like, Hey, like, sorry, I've been so MIA and stuff. And you know, it's taken us a while to get back to this point. That's the thing that I'm saying. It's taken us a while to get back because I just felt like there was no communication mm. and didn't feel like a, a priority because nothing was explained. It was kind of like, sorry, too busy for you. And that mm. was it. Mm. But yeah, I think we've bounced back and I think it's a you know healthy friendship. And same with the other one that I mentioned to you about, you know, the guy friend more recently mm. as well. Yeah, We have been able to kind of like, be like talk a bit more checking with each other a bit more even though we can't catch up as often checking in every now and then i think that's enough and that's plenty until we have more time and our like lives are a bit more intersected Mm. i know we are running out of time i know i know but i have one final point yes oh i don't even know if i should bring it up it's a bit contentious but i have a real problem with people saying sorry for being mia yeah because i don't think you should have to apologize oh yeah I anyway, think but people just feel bad. But I, I know. think it's just taking accountability for the fact that someone's feelings might be hurt. It's not saying I'm actually sorry for being not available. It's mm. like, sorry that you might be, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess sense? so. Yeah. I guess so. It's feeling empathetic, in <laughs> yeah. my opinion. Absolutely. I always apologize for being MIA. Um, anyways, thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. We hope you found some insightful um, topics and strategies in this week's <laughs> and last week's conversations about friendships i'm sure mm. it's something that we'll all go through at some point eventually and if you're going through something right now um hopefully it's helped and definitely reach out to us if you want to remain anonymous we'll keep it that way <laughs> hello and welcome to our final segment where we give you one recommendation from the week. Alrighty, Sean, you're first. Um, so I did something really cool recently. I did a mm-hmm. salt float. Um, Ooh, I, it's basically where you hop in this big bath. Yeah. It's like shaped like an egg and it's got a lid and you basically float in this really high salt concentrated water. Sean, you're full of experiences. I yeah. love this. Thank you. Yeah. I think I'm so boring, but thank no, you. No, you, you're um, amazing. Yeah. Olivia and I have been like thinking about doing it for a while, so I kind of surprised her because it was this really cool oh, deal. Cute. Um, So shout out the Orchard and Pran. They have like a... F- four session oh hold on yeah. i saw was this all a few weeks ago yeah. that you did it i yeah. saw you in your like spa outfit yeah on I your on your that. insta and i was yeah. like oh and then i searched it up and it looks really bougie it's so cool yeah. is it oh wait no i think you're thinking about the bathhouse one that i went to oh is that a different yeah one? that's a whole different one that looked mm. bougie see yeah. you're full of experiences you guys really need to follow me on instagram but basically <laughs> it was i the first session is the first half of the session i was just just so overwhelmed by everything around me i was like oh my god it's so salty oh my god it's so dark in here so <laughs> So I reckon my second session will be better, but the last half an hour, I honestly felt so relaxed yeah. and I went into it feeling a little bit tense, yeah. um, but it was just nice to like completely just block every everyday things out, yeah, just block them out completely. Sure. And yeah, that's all from me this week. My, um, my brother 
did one and he was raving about it also. Definitely mm. something on my Make list. Make sure you there wear earbuds though, because if the water gets in your ear, it hardens. Like the salt hardens. Oh. Yeah. So oh. you get earplugs. <laughs> no, you get earplugs. Just okay, make sure okay. you actually use them. Okay. Um, oh, that would be weird. Oh, if you got them. Oh, in. just chuck some like, you know, ear spray in there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you rinse it? Just rinse it out. Yeah, the well, there's shower. a shower in there. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. But if it gets hard in there. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Just... Anyways, Just anyways. Wear your <laughs> Tess, what's yours? Mine is a TV show. Mm-hmm. And I'm not huge on TV shows, but this one I really liked. Um, and it's High Fidelity, which is based on the 1995 novel of the same name. And there was also a 2000 movie of mm-hmm. the same name. Um, but it is a Hulu series, which okay. I actually watched on Disney Plus. It's on mm. Disney Plus. Okay. But it's um, Zoe Kravitz plays uh, this 30 year old record store owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she's revisiting past relationships through music and oh, pop culture whilst trying to get over her one true love, essentially. Yeah. But what they've done with this new series is they've made the main protagonist, Rob, a woman. A queer woman oh. um, instead of like a straight white yeah, man, cool. which is really cool. But yeah. it's just really fun. They're like short episodes. They're easy to watch. Yeah, um, and they it, it's really interesting in the way that it's been crafted. In that she mm. breaks the fourth wall a lot. She talks straight to the camera and she gives this running commentary of her thoughts. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. just find it like really fun to watch. Yeah, oh. and if you like music, amazing. You do like it. Perfect. That is mine. So we can find it on Disney Plus. Yeah, we don't need a Hulu membership. No, you don't. You can find it on Disney Plus. <laughs> it oh, is MA15 so Plus, though, so I'm surprised it's on Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, There's like a oh, lot of swearing, a bit of sex. Star? Like, is it Star or is it just huh? in the Star section? You know how Disney has Star? No. Like, no? Okay. It's just in the regular section. Oh, okay. Anyways, Kat, what's yours? Well, I struggled to find one. And so I'm going to shout out my boyfriend for choosing American Pie and I know that's really odd but we watched the four Jesus. four movies yeah of American Pie yeah like <laughs> we watched them and they were good and I'd recommend watching them but now I've just I've so, never seen them so well, that's a thing like I've never seen them and they're like a classic 90s yeah. noughties movie yeah. that you'd want to watch like yeah, everyone has to watch the first time ever we're gonna hold a competition worst recommendation oh ever. shut up no, I've I'm got joking. a better I'm one I've got a better no, one I'm joking <laughs> Actually, My next rated. one. There's yeah. a lot to learn in it. And Jim's character and Jim's dad. Yes. So wholesome. So, so insightful. Good. So and I think good. it just normalizes a lot of body talk. And I agree. Yeah. I agree. But I my other that. one, because no, I appreciate this rec- that recommendation. But this one is I watched last night. You can't, you know, you can't ask that. The, yes. Yeah. TV show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was watching a few last night and I watched the public housing one and the adult virgin one, which is really fascinating. Ooh. They've got such great topics. You can watch on ABC iview. So is it basically just putting like, like to, is it basically a documentary about things that you normally wouldn't approach someone to like? Yeah. You know, so you'd have like, yeah. So people online would ask questions trans, to a minority yeah. or marginalized group okay, awesome. and so they can ask anything I and really you like get the that. truth out of it. hundred percent. It's really good. It beats stereotypes. Wonderful. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, anyways, great recommendation recommendations, <laughs> guys. I think I beat you all on mine. American pie for the win. Well, you just, I mean, I can't, it came from Genjo. So. <laughs> I know true. I can't even back it up. I haven't even seen it. So. Also, I just want to say that's the first time I've heard Kat say my boyfriend, so I'm still true. true. Shout out, Genjo. True. Um, anyways, <laughs> that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening, guys, to Car Chats with Tess, Kat, and Sean. You can listen back to our episodes wherever you get your podcast. We release them on the Thursday after our shows. So in the meantime, um, check us out on our socials at Car Chats Monash on Instagram or Car Chats with Tess, Kat, and Sean on Facebook. 
Um, we'll be back live next week at 4pm on Tuesday. So make sure you tune in. Catch you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>